You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. This is your access to world-class accounting leaders, global influencers, and thought leaders. Discover what makes accounting firms great and accounting professionals world-class. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable, and powerful with better data and insights. Welcome to another edition of the Accounting Influencers Podcast. I am your host, Rob Brayer. We bring people from all over the world to talk about very interesting topics that are of importance to accounting, bookkeeping, finance, tech professionals. I'm thrilled to have with me today, Shirak Shah is our special guest. Good day, sir. Hi, Rob. How are you? We're splendid. Great to have you on the show. Shirak, tell us what you do and a little bit about your world. Yes, I'm founder and CEO of Nucleus Commercial Finance. We are a UK-focused lender. Over the last decade, we have lent over $2.8 billion to UK businesses and supported businesses, startup businesses, all the way to well-established businesses. Over the course of last 18 months, with all the tech that we have built from our lending side, we built additional tools to continue supporting businesses with the data they provide to us. So we launched Pulse. Pulse is a business insight tool. All businesses which come to Nucleus, either it's for a loan or it is via their accountants, via their business advisors, and provide us access via open banking and open accounting get access to the tool. There is no cost associated with that. We have built machine learning, AI tools in the background to analyze the data for lending purposes. And now we are leveraging that to show businesses where we are seeing potential gaps, potential pitfalls in the short to medium term and suggest potential steps they can take to ensure smooth running of the business. Are you a UK business only or do you have international reach? We are focused on the UK market. Talk to us about the the financial space, the lending space, the funding space. We know about the economic drivers here, but give us some context about what we're speaking into. It's been a very different five years. I don't think there has been a historical period where you can really compare the last five years to. We we were starting to see some headwinds around 2019, and then we entered into 2020, March 2020. The world changed. The world has been new changed. And we always say for businesses, the biggest thing is certainty. I don't think there has ever been a 24-month period with more uncertainty. When are things getting locked down? When are we ever going to come out of a lockdown? Once we come out of a lockdown, is the business going to keep operating or are we going into another lockdown? It's a very challenging 24-month period for businesses. And as we emerge from lockdown, we have, it seems like there is always some or the other macroeconomic condition happening. We had the war, the impact on fuel prices before that, Brexit-related issues around supply chain as well as labor. So it's been a very challenging period. The government support was outstanding during the COVID period with the Sibyls and RLS loans. We, we were a significant player in the market and we could really make an impact and support UK businesses through that period. And financially, I think that the businesses are recovering. Overall, what we are seeing as challenging is the amount of leverage that a lot of these businesses have with all those COVID-era debt. As the business turnover is improving, it's becoming less challenging, but challenges are there. When you say leverage, Sirak, what do you mean by that? The amount of borrowings that the business have. If you look at pre-COVID, we generally, the businesses that we see, about 4 to 5% of their turnover was going in loan repayments. 
compared to now, when we see most businesses are 9 to 12% of their turnover is going in loan repayments. And this is, again, we have statistics from thousands of businesses. So we have seen that trend steadily climb over the last five years. And clearly, the businesses are using a lot of cash just to repay the loans. Why is that happening? I, again, it's as we described, during the COVID era, a lot of businesses had to borrow a lot of money. The government support really helped at that time. Just to stay alive and keep the lights on, right? Correct. And then once the COVID restrictions started easing off, they didn't have to pay the creditors. They didn't, there were a lot of restrictions put in place as those restrictions started coming off. All those debts had to be paid or are still having to be paid. So the cash, that's where we are seeing more leverage. When we say leverage, it's more cash pressure in general because of the amount of borrowings the business have because of the amount of delayed payments the businesses made during COVID. It's important with all the data around, particularly when you're managing so much money and so much debt, that businesses really have a handle on where their money is going. They're not always good at that. That's why they employ good accountants and advisors. Talk to us about the kind of financial analysis that businesses and accountants should be doing to get a handle on where they're at. I think one of the things we have noticed in the numbers that we are seeing is a lot of things within the business are changing very rapidly. Historically, when we looked at businesses and how they were run, people knew what to expect and they could run with that without having detailed numbers in front of them all the time. Things have changed now. Things are changing, moving so rapidly that without the right information, you could fall behind very quickly. The risks are just way too high. And that's where I think a lot of business owners have not readjusted to that reality that we always say, right, when you know Nobody likes surprises. If you see trouble coming, you plan for it, you deal with it. It might not be the best solution you have, but you had chance to deal with it. The problem is when it comes sideways. And that's what we are seeing more and more. And that's what business owners are, I would say, not fully prepared for or have not readjusted to that reality. And that's where they need more support from the accountants, the auditors, and more importantly, they need to realize that. And can you give us any examples of these things that hit businesses sideways are blind spots they might have in how they see their financial health. We always say credit risk always exists for every business in the debtors they are dealing with and stuff. There are a whole, in terms of all the businesses we are seeing and cases which I can just refer to and tell you more about. So we, it's not unheard of that a big debtor goes bust and the business suffers and to a point where they need to close down themselves. I just think the frequency of that is a bit higher than what we have seen, especially over the last six to nine months. So that is a clear risk for businesses. They need to diversify more. Compared to what we were seeing historically, businesses are trading with less number of counterparties. So by nature, because they are dealing with less number of counterparties, their risk is increasing. Yes, that makes sense. You put in more eggs in fewer baskets, if you like. And the other side we are seeing with the small businesses is the historically for a business to function in an ideal way, you get money from your debtors in 30 days, you pay your creditors in 30 days. Perfect. Manages the cash flow very effective. Unfortunately, for businesses, especially the smaller businesses, they are not getting credit. They are having to pay their creditors quicker, but their debtors are paying them slower. So it's leading to a cash flow hole, which keeps getting bigger. The more they trade, the bigger the hole gets. So on the front of it, it feels that the business is doing great. But if they don't manage cash effectively or plan well in advance, it's going to, it's not going to be a great outcome. Yeah. And in Pulse, you're in the business of forecasting. You talked already about the uncertainty. We don't know what's coming up with any degree of certainty and managing risk is what accounting professionals do. Tell us about the whole game of forecasting and 
some of the key elements of a good forecasting platform tool strategy, Shirai? Again, I would love to have a single, I would love to say one solution fits all on forecasting. <laughs> yes, Unfortunately, that's not the case, especially when you're talking about SMEs, right? Many SMEs, if you look at, don't have an internal finance team. You have a director, shareholder who's managing the business day to day can understand financials to a certain extent, but is not going to sit there and be able to forecast in detail. And that's and you also have businesses which have got good finance teams internally and with the right tools, they will be able to use it effectively to give proper business insights. I think with the forecasting tool, it's really essential for the business to pick something that fits them. I mean, if it's just, if you don't have an internal finance team, you want a very easy tool, which looks at the historical trends, gives you a baseline forecast, but gives you enough levers that you can adjust in a simple way. And it shows you what the impact is going. When, with Pulse, largely, that's what we have tried to build. We have said, okay, for the business owners, let's give you an opportunity to work the baseline forecast with few tweaks. We have tried to say when we built the forecast, our aim was to keep the number of inputs in single digits, do a lot of work based on the data we are already being provided and the tech we have built, but allow enough flexibility for them to use their knowledge about the business and their knowledge about their customer base to be able to make tweaks, right? And at the same time, you've got other tools out there in the market, which can allow you to really manage every small detail, but it will require probably a two to three people team to run that model. You're picking up on an interesting point. There are so many choices out there. Picking the right forecasting tool is not easy, particularly for business owners that are not tech nerds or geeks. They're not very familiar with the tech and even the accounting advisors, bookkeepers that are trying to help them. They're not techy. They don't have a hand on all the technology software and platforms out there. So give us some advice on picking the right forecasting tool. Again, you said it depends on the size of the business and depends on what the owner wants. If you're going to work with the accountants, the, when we started talking to business owners, the biggest thing they wanted was they wanted something which was simple, English rather than finance, where they can talk. It, in 15 minutes, they can explain how they see it going and they can get an output. It can be frequently updated so that they, if anything is changing on a monthly basis, they should be able to, if it's easy, they can update it frequently enough. That's what we heard from a lot of business owners that we came across. And again, as I said, at the same time, we work with larger businesses, which have internal finance team with very different requirements. It's really, there are lots of good forecasting tools out there, but they're only going to be as effective as the user using them. And, we, and that's the first thing to identify. What is the internal skill set in terms of using the tool? That's very important because a tool is only as good as the people using it. And particularly a forecasting tool must only be as good as the data that is put into it and the how up to date that data is. So one of the problems accountants have business owners say is I haven't got enough time. I can't keep updating this. I've got too many other things to do running the business. So you need a way of getting that data in almost automatically, don't you? It is. And actually, you can go even a step further than that. So people we work with closely include bookkeepers, yeah. so accountants and bookkeepers, and that's where they really come in. And I think where we were able to add value to them was it's great inputting the data, but we were also quickly able to show them trends and see where potential pitfalls were, where they were able to pick up the phone to the business owners and say, guys, we are seeing this. Is there something we can support you with? Is there something we can help you with? And really leverage the tool more effectively. So I think there is help out there. There are business support, business advisors out there who can't really help in solving this problem. The business owners do need to take initiative to make sure they can stay on top of it. Are you seeing a change, Suag, in the role of the accountant 
and the, the finance professional in that traditionally they've looked backwards and historical and here's how it's been for the last 12, 18 months. But now we need to make sound business decisions and big strategic investments. So we need to know what is coming up. Hence the need for good forecasting tools and the metrics, if you like, to make good decisions over the next two or three years. So that role is changing, isn't it? Absolutely. On average, if you look at an audit firm, they provide between 30 to 40 services. Wow. If you look at their client base, they generally use one service, which is the annual audit. So clearly the skill set has always been there. The ability to support businesses has always been there. However, I, to a certain extent, the businesses were never reaching out and the accountants and auditors were not reaching out either in terms of how they could support more. So that, there is a real need there. And we are seeing that change now with a lot of digital accountants coming up who are trying to sink in with the data and be more proactive in terms of approaching the businesses when they see potential issues developing rather than reaching out once a year to start the audit and complete the audit. So there has been a huge change in the approach in the tools that the accountants and auditors are using. And I don't think it's, it's still stabilized. There is going to be very rapid change over the next 18 to 24 months as more and more tools are built leveraging machine learning and AI. It will make life easier. It's not a threat. It's a, it's a great benefit. It's a great tool for everyone to use. It's not there to replace anyone. We keep saying it's the number of webinars we have been to, the number of places we have been to where the first question is, is this a replacement for someone? And it's not. It's to support someone to do more. It's to help someone to do more and to do it in a better way. Artificial intelligence is the very thing that is driving rapid change at the moment. How are you putting AI into your financial analysis, forecasting, reporting, sure? I think AI now is a widely used term. And I would say to, to, for true AI, you require the amount of data needed is huge. Our focus to a large extent has been on ML. We have AI in the background, we're constantly training it. I don't think we are at a stage where we feel 100% confident to say we are going to just rely on that. For us, we have built the algorithms that put out great suggestions, but then we have an experienced team looking at those suggestions, continue feeding our model and improving it and saying, okay, this is what works. When we put out data to businesses, we want to make sure that from our side, we are 100% comfortable and 100% happy with that. Our, tools are, our tool is getting better and better. It will get to a stage where it will be able to make recommendations on its own. But currently, I just feel that the data we have is not sufficient, not enough. We have trained our tool on tens of thousands of businesses. I think we really need to do it on hundreds of thousands of businesses to get to a level where we'll feel comfortable under any scenario. Are the forecasting companies using AI to the degree you are? I, I think everybody's started implementing it in some capacity or the other. It's very difficult to know the exact level to which everyone is using it, especially for us, because nobody wants to talk about it <laughs> or how they are using it. So it's really difficult. It's probably more for the accountants and auditors who will be able to compare and get all the features from everyone to know how effective, how much AI they're using and how effective it is. Yeah. Well, post-COVID now, we're into a new era, if you like. Things have changed and we'll never go back to the way they were. The businesses that you're talking to at the moment, what are some of the challenges they're facing? You, you talked a little bit about the lending and the more highly geared and leveraged now than before. There's so much data around. There's so much regulation. There's, it's complex. It's less easy to predict what is coming up. But you speak a little bit more about the challenges that businesses are facing. I said, it's just, there are too many things happening and there's just too many unknowns, be it from a capital investment perspective on where we are in the economic cycle, you have had the rising rates, which again, 
I don't think the full effect of the rising rates is still seen. I think we will start seeing that increasingly. I mean, the COVID loans were all fixed rate loans. A lot of the businesses we see, majority of the borrowing right now are the COVID loans. So they have not directly been impacted. But with the new lending and stuff, we are starting to see the impact of rising rates. And it, in general, the businesses are running on very thin buffer from a liquidity perspective, from a cash perspective. While historically, you would have seen six to eight weeks of cash always around, sitting around. Most businesses are now running on one to two weeks of cash. There is just no runway. You just need small hiccups to create big problems. And it, historical, some businesses used to have that. I just think the proportion of businesses which are in that situation is just very high. What's the answer to that? Planning. Just know when the problem is coming. That That is the key. And it's not that you're always going to find a solution to completely solve the problem, but at least if you see it coming, you can manage it as effectively as you can. Also, I think it's a matter of expectations. We have come out of the COVID period, and I'm talking purely from a lending perspective. The gap that we are seeing is what the businesses expect, business owners are expecting against what is the reality in the market. We don't have government-backed loans to the same extent anymore. So when the lenders are pricing their deals, they are going to price it with that in mind that there is no government backstop on potential defaults. And I just feel that the SME, the SMEs have not woken up to that fact. But there is still a lag and people are delaying taking money for too long. And we have had the instances where they'll come back in four months' time and we reanalyze the business. And unfortunately, we can't support this time. And they get confused of what you could support us four months ago. Why can't you support us now? But in four months, running the business without any cash has led to significant deterioration in every facet. And that's why we can't support them. And I think that that realization has to set in. And these SMA small, medium enterprises you're talking about, do you sell Pulse directly to them or do you go through accountants who are their financial advisors, if you like, and get them to be your sales force, if you like, for Pulse? Our main focus is via accountants and bookkeepers who are the business advisors. You have the relationship with them. We have the relationships with them. We And also we think the tool can be really powerful if they are sitting in middle and they leverage both for the business owners as well as for themselves. So we think that's, for us, they are a critical part of how we approach the businesses. Businesses can come directly to us, do come directly to us and register with us and they will get the same insights. But in general, when a business comes via an accountant, we then see them leverage the tools more effectively, more frequently, and will lead to better benefit. And that's logical because having all the data and forecasting in the world is no good if there's nobody there who can interpret that data for you and help you make sound business decisions on the back of it and plan for the future. That's exactly what the accountant and bookkeeper will do. Absolutely. And that's why they're the trusted advisor. So when you speak to accountants, you're obviously doing it a lot. What challenges are they telling you that they are having with their role? They, they, was, there are, they get approached by someone producing who has made a tool every week. <laughs> there are so many tools out there. It's just picking the right tool. It's difficult. And also, as I said, again, with the accountant, there are accounting practices which have 50 clients. There are accounting practices that have got 1,000 clients. And for them as well, it's not one tool fits everyone. Doesn't it, it doesn't work that way. And also you got to balance the cost. There are some tools which are effective, but incredibly expensive, both for the accountants as well as the business owners. And it's just trying to gauge the balance. It's really difficult. The cost benefit analysis that an accountant has to do is one of the biggest challenges they face right now. I'm sure you'll be helping them with that decision. Talk to us about the future, Chirag, as we draw to a close here. What is coming up for the world of forecasting and pulse over the next few years? 
I think we the way we are looking at Pulse and what we have planned, it's about we are trying to really make forecasting as easy as adding things together. It shouldn't be more difficult. I mean, it does it mean that it's going to be the ideal forecast with full detail for every business? No, that is not the objective we have. Our objective is to give good short to medium term foresight for the business, clearly enable the business to identify where potential issues are and offer them a solution around those issues. So that is really from a Pulse perspective, that's the objective. And what advice would you give to accounting and bookkeeping professionals to serve their business clients in the best possible way in the area of forecasting and, and advice in coming years? I think it's just being close to the clients, be more frequent. They should have access to the data. They review the data. I said tools like Pulse will help them. They don't need to review the data. We will flag anything which they need to look at. So it reduces the amount of, they don't need to monitor it day to day. We will clearly highlight it to them. But when they get it, be proactive, reach out to the business. That's a real value add for the business. And with the forecasting evidence that comes out, they've got so many more reasons, haven't they, accountants, to reach out and have a conversation with their clients so they can be more frequent. They can get closer to them. They can move from the compliance to advisory role and be more future focused. That's what you would say. It is essential. I think it's going to become one of the areas which if accountants are not proactive, there are going to be others out there who are going to be approaching their clients. It's not a, it's not an option anymore. It's just you have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to lose the client. Surak Shah of Pulse, that's been an excellent interview. Thank you so much for your time and your insights today. Thank you, Rob. Nice talking to you. You're listening to the Accounting Influencers Podcast. Sponsored by Dext. Make the businesses you advise more productive, profitable and powerful with better data and insights.